Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. We are a church with a mission of inspiring ordinary people to live extraordinary lives for Christ. It really doesn't matter who you are, what you have done, or how you choose to worship. You belong here. We pray that this week's sermon blesses you and that you feel God's presence through it today. So today we are starting a new sermon series called The First Letter. And what we're going to be doing in this series is we're going to be taking a five-week journey through the earliest known Christian document, the book of 1 Thessalonians, to see what it is this ancient text has to teach us about living Christian today. And so to give you a bit of background on kind of what this text is all about, according to most scholars, the, the book of 1 Thessalonians was a letter written by the Apostle Paul sometime around the year 50, or 20 years after Jesus' death and resurrection in 30 AD, we have this book that is written to a church in Thessalonica that Paul helped to found. And basically what Paul's doing in this letter, which is similar to all of his letters, is he's writing to help encourage critique, but most importantly, teach these baby Christians what it looks like to follow Jesus in their time and place. And so what we're going to be doing is getting into some of those important teachings. We can't get into them all, but we're going to get into some of the important teachings to learn what it is that Paul has to teach us even today about being more faithful followers of Jesus in our time and place, in our lives. Also, what's kind of cool about this sermon series is given we're going to be walking through this book over the next five weeks, if you would like to go deeper, if you want to know kind of what's going on as we work our way through this series, I would encourage you to read a chapter a week, right? To follow along, to kind of see where we're at. And if you can't find the time to read one chapter in the Bible in a week, that's on you, not on me, right? That's easy to do, and I think it'll help you go deeper here because we can't cover all there is to cover in the time that we have. So one of the first things I discovered as I began rereading this book in preparation for the series, and I love this book, is that right there in the very first chapter, in the introduction we actually find a kind of simple explanation regarding why these Thessalonian Christians are thriving despite all they're up against. So Paul explains it in this way. He says, For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with our words, but with the power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and the Lord. You welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, again, there's a whole lot going on in here that we don't have time to get into. But the part that I really want you to pay attention because of what I think it has to teach us today is the part where Paul talks about how the Thessalonians became imitators of them and the Lord. Or again, verse 6 says, you became imitators of us and the Lord. So basically what I think Paul is doing here is he is explaining to us that a big part of the Thessalonian success is not that they had a whole bunch of time and got things figured out on their own, right? Or that they're all brilliant and all of this stuff comes really naturally to them. No, what helped these people figure out very quickly what it looks like to follow Jesus in a difficult place is they became copycats. Right? They basically sat back and watched how Paul and his companions chose to live their lives and they imitated that. Or to take this even deeper, let's jump into the Greek. So the Greek word that gets translated here as imitators is mimetes. Everybody say mimetes with me because it's so fun. Mimetes, right? Tell all your friends mimetes, right? 
So what this word means, kind of the long definition of this, is the positive imitation that arises by admiring the pattern set by someone worthy of emulation. Or to put it a little more simply, according to Paul, the reason why these Thessalonians are thriving in their walk is because they chose Paul and Jesus, in a sense, as their spiritual mentors. Or to be the people that they look to, not just in what they teach, but in how they live. And practically speaking, the way this worked out for the Thessalonians is because Paul was present among them for about a month before he got ran out of town. Not only did they listen to his logic and reason as he taught them, but they also watched how Paul lived his life when he was among them. And then when it came to imitating Jesus himself, because Jesus was not physically present among them, and at that time there was no New Testament, they listened to what it is that Paul had to teach them about Jesus, and they tried to imitate that as well. And then on top of that, not only did Paul... Or excuse me, not only did the Thessalonians imitate Paul and Jesus, but they also did the same thing when it came to other churches. 1 Thessalonians 2, 14 through 15 explains, For you, brothers and sisters, became imitators of God's churches in Judea, which are in Christ Jesus. You suffered from your own people the same things those churches suffered from the Jews who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and also drove them out. Yeah, so as you guys can see, not only do we find these Thessalonians imitating Paul and Jesus, but we also find them learning from the church in Judea or the churches that have been around for a while so they know how to respond and what to do when they face similar circumstances. So again, the secret to their success is imitation. It's imitation. Very simple, very straightforward. We all get this concept, but if we would live it, it'll change your life forever, right? It's one of those little things we don't even think about. It's not that big a deal, but it will change your life forever. Okay. So now that you guys are getting why these Thessalonians are doing so well, what I think we've got to glean from all of that is if we want to know how to go about following Jesus at a high level, or if we're interested in taking our faith to a deeper place, then one of the things we've got to be doing is instead of trying to reinvent the wheel or trying to figure this stuff out all by ourselves, which we're all really good at, just like the Thessalonians, we need to get good at imitation. We need to get really, really good at watching and learning from faithful people and begin to imitate what they do as we're getting things figured out. Now, I'm not saying that we become anyone else. I'm not saying that we copy someone exactly. I'm saying we take what we need from those faithful people and learn from them so we can figure out how to live our lives even better. And to get practical here, first of all, in the same way that these Christians emulated both Jesus and Paul, we need to get really, really good at doing the same thing. And the way we have to go about doing that, since we don't have the privilege of watching or listening to either Paul or Jesus firsthand, is we've got to go back to the Bible as a source. Because if you want to imitate Paul and Jesus, the first step is you've got to learn as much as possible about them. And the way you do that is by making it a daily habit to read the New Testament. But then as you're doing that, it's not just enough to know what they taught and how they lived. That's the easy part. And let me tell you, there's a ton of Christians who know what to do and they know all of that stuff. No, what you've also got to do is you've got to start to imitate. You've got to start to do what they did. Or how many of you guys remember the um, WWJD fad that became trendy in the 90s? Or maybe I should ask it in this way. How many of you had a WWJD bracelet? The rest of you are lying. I hadn't met anybody who didn't have a WWJD something, right? Well, even though that trend has come and gone, the question, what would Jesus do, is still just as powerful as ever when it comes to how we should be living our lives. 
And it's still a really, really good idea anytime you find yourself in one of those difficult situations where you don't quite know what you should do to ask yourself the question, you know, what would Paul do in this situation? But most importantly, what would Jesus do? Because the truth is, if you really want to to live a life of following Jesus to the best of your ability, then reading the New Testament is something you have to do. This is not optional. This is mandatory because if you don't, how can you ever begin to figure out What's the right thing to do? You've got to know before you can make those decisions, before you can begin to imitate. Then with that as our foundation, not only do we need to do all of that, but it's also a good thing to learn from other faithful Christians who are doing it as well. And to frame this in a way that I think we'll all understand, what I have learned from almost every successful leader, minister, business owner, and teacher is how these men and women don't just sit around doing it their own way because somehow they think they're more brilliant than everybody else and they've got it all figured out. No, what I have found about the way these people have worked towards their success is almost every single one of them go out of their way to find someone who are doing what they are trying to do at a high level and instead of hating on them, instead of being jealous, they choose to learn from them. Or in a whole lot of cases, these people go out of their way to use those who are successful as their guides, their mentors, to figure out how they can do it well. Or for example, as a minister who is trying to lead a healthy and growing church into the future, which is no easy task in this day and age, what I have done and will continue to do to learn how to do this work well is I'm all about finding ministers and churches that are doing it well, doing what we want to do and learning what they do so we can emulate them, so we can copy them. For instance, in an attempt to become the best preacher I can become, every year I choose a particular preacher who's doing it well, and I spend that year listening to as many sermons as possible from them, reading all of their books, so that they, in a sense, become one of my mentors. They teach me how to do this well. When it comes to what we need to be doing as a church and our building program and our restructure, one of the people I call is the Reverend David Emery, the pastor at Harvard Avenue Christian Church in Tulsa. And the reason I call David is because not only is David in the process of growing the church he currently serves, where lives are being transformed in amazing ways, but before he arrived in Tulsa, he took a church of about 300 people and grew it to where they were averaging 1,000 people on Sunday morning, which is almost unheard of in the disciple world, which means David is the guy who has been there, done that, bought the T-shirt, so of course I'm going to continue to call and meet with him to get advice and emulate what it is he is doing. So not only that I can become the best minister and preacher and leader that I can become, but most importantly, so we can become the amazing church that God is calling us to be. So so in the same way, successful people are all about imitating others so that they can do it well. That's what we're being called as Christians to do. And that, again, instead of trying to reinvent the wheel, trying to figure this stuff out all by ourselves, we need to find those Christians who are doing a really good job at living out their faith, and we need to imitate them as we try to get things figured out for ourselves. Or in other words, to kind of push this in a different direction, think of it in a different way. If you don't have some kind of spiritual mentor, if you don't have someone that you can look to, someone that you can call when you're dealing with matters of faith, it's time to get one. It's time to find one of those people who are doing it well and begin to listen to them and let them pour into your life as you go about figuring out how to do this well in your own life. And then to push this even further, not only do I encourage you to get a spiritual guide, but I'd also encourage you to find spiritual authors that you love, right? And read everything that they've got because that's how you begin to build. That's how you begin to learn what it means. But don't just learn. 
You've got to take what you've learned and then go out and live it in your day-to-day life. And, and what all of that makes clear is that one of the most important lessons the Thessalonians have to teach us about following Jesus in our own time and place, we've got to get a whole lot better at imitating and copying others. We've got to get a whole lot better at that. Now, I know, I know, so we're, I live in the same time and place as you do. Imitation and copying doesn't seem to be the way we're supposed to do it, right? We take great pride in being original, finding things and all that kind of stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not downgrading that. You need to do that as well. But what I want you guys to see, that imitation, it's not a bad thing. In fact, it's one of the best ways to learn very, very quickly and efficiently how to follow Jesus well in our own lives, right? There's a picture, there's, there's a model that you can follow to do that. So you guys see it, right? It's very simple, it's very straightforward. But again, I want to tell you guys, even though it's simple, even though it's straightforward, and even though you kind of already know this, if you will actually practice this, if you will actually find a mentor, if you will find a spiritual author, your life will be changed. It doesn't matter if you are a baby Christian or a Christian who's been doing it for a long time. If you don't have someone that you're looking towards, if you don't have an author that is guiding you, then you're just going to stay stuck. This is what it takes to get to the next level. And then let me add one more thing in there that that I really think puts the importance of all of this into perspective. So according to, to many anthropologists and many social scientists, a big part of what it means to be human is we're actually really, really good at imitating others. So much so that it's now being argued that one of the main differences that sets us apart as humans from all the other animals on the planet and why we have become civilized while the animals are still doing the same thing is because as humans, we have this amazing ability to copy one another or to get technical with it. We participate in cumulative culture, which is the long-term development of skills and technologies over generations. And what that means is instead of starting from scratch, every generation, we are able to start from where others have left off. Or because we have this ability to emulate and copy, we don't start over again. We start from where they are and continue moving forward. Or, or a simple picture of this is just think about how way, way back in the ancient world, someone figured out how to make a wheel out of stone. Right? And we don't think that's a big deal, but that was revolutionary in that time and place. Right? And then the wheel went around for a while and they figured out some uses for it there. And then someone thought to themselves, well, what if we put four wheels together and put a kind of platform? Then we're not going to have to carry all this stuff. Right? So you now have this kind of cart to carry things around. And then someone said to themselves, well, why are we doing all the work here? Why don't we just attach a cow to this thing and let the cow do all the work? Right? Do you guys see that? There's copying and emulation, and then there's some creative ideas that, that move us to the place. And then you can follow that history that started way back when the wheel was formed, and then we get to our place today, right? And we, we, don't even, we just take it for granted. We have these wheels that are rubber that are fill, full of air, and that's how we get around. But none of that happens without the cumulative effort, the copying that has gone on for thousands, maybe even millions of years. And so for me, What that puts into perspective is a big part of what it means to be human is we copy others, which is a good thing. And why that's so important to get is because the truth is, it's not if we will choose to emulate and copy others. No, the question becomes, who do we imitate? Who are we going to copy? Because we're all copying someone. Do you get that? It's not, there's nobody out there who is not copying. That's who we are as human beings. So who do you choose to copy. That's going to define your life. It's as simple as that. So for us as Christians, what do we need to be doing? 
Well, our answer needs to be, we will imitate anyone who is living out their faith in the right way. Because ultimately what we're all trying to do is we're trying to imitate Jesus. We're trying to become the one that God has called us to be. Right? Simple, easy, straightforward. But if you don't do it, you're just going to stay right where you are. Let us pray. Father, as we start this sermon series, very excited about what Paul has to teach us over the next five weeks. But today, it is so simple, it is so straightforward, but it's also so life-changing. So help us first and foremost to see that, that copying is not necessarily a bad thing when it comes to our faith. But instead as a gift, a gift that we lean into where we can learn everything that we need to learn to become the people you are calling us to be. So help us, O oh Lord, become the people who um, copy, to read spiritual authors, to find spiritual guides in our life, to find someone to connect with so we can figure out what it looks like for us moving forward. And then even more than that, Lord, help us to become mentors to others. For those of us who, who have been doing this for a while and, and have experience, help us to take the time to pour into the lives of those who need it so that they can find their way as well. But ultimately, oh Lord, what we all want most is to copy you, to become more and more like you every single day as we join in your work of bringing heaven to earth and all that you do. So Lord, we ask this all in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon, and we hope you are able to join us next week. To learn more about FCC Great Bend, visit us online at firstchristianchurchgb.com. Again, that's firstchristianchurchgb.com. God bless and have a great week.